Good evening and welcome to Kernels of Truth, brought to you by Progress Kentucky. And this week, Aaron is off at the beach. Oh, I, nobody told me he was at the beach. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Aaron's at the beach, eh? So anyway, I'm Kimberly Cecil Jones, and I'll be sitting here as your host tonight for Mr. Aaron Viles, who happens to be at the beach where we all wish that we were right now. <clears throat> so uh, I'll be leading us through the news of the week and we're covering the worst political things of the week and the month, maybe even the year with an anti-LGBTQ uh, plus Kentucky GOP state rep in the spotlight. Uh, they're always in the spotlight and we're gearing up for a very busy season of statewide campaigning. So we want you to join in during our call to action. So first of all, I need to know, are you ready to help turn Kentucky blue? I know we've been talking about purple for a very, very long time, but purple is just not going to be good enough. We need to turn the state blue. It hasn't been blue since Bill Clinton. So we need to, and that was in the nineties. So we need to turn the whole state of Kentucky blue. We know right now that our state is deeply red with a GOP supermajority committed to moving us way, way backwards on LGBTQ rights, weakening the ability of unions to collectively organize for better pay and better working conditions and critically important elections coming to voters across our state in November. So if you want a Commonwealth that works for all of us, join Progress Kentucky and support our campaign to turn our Commonwealth purple. Well, I guess we got to start somewhere purple. Uh, make a donation at our Secure Act Blue website and spread the word that we're tired. We are so exhausted of the GOP ignoring the needs of regular folks in Kentucky. And we think our Commonwealth is worth fighting for. So right now, uh, let's check in on uh, our, our co-host for tonight. And then let us all know uh, who and where you are and what does your protest sign say today? Oh, and you there on the internet? We mean you too. So uh, I want you to read what your sign says and put it in the chat while we're sharing uh, ours. Mine says today, Andy Bashir must be governor. Period, point blank. There's nothing else really to discuss about that. Uh, other than I'm coming to you live from Louisville, Kentucky, and this is the great city of the Kentucky Derby, where so many horses have been dying. We don't know why, but um, great Louisville, Kentucky, Jefferson County, largest county in the whole state. And my great co-host, Mr. Willie Carver, what about you? Hey, I am coming from Mount Sterling, Kentucky, in beautiful Montgomery County, which makes the official chocolate for the Kentucky Derby. Uh, <laughs> and things, the, the weather is nice. My roof uh, is not on. I thought that they would be finished, so if they're making noise, uh, that's what's happening. Uh, yeah, I like this. Let's make it blue. Let's keep um, Andy in office because there's no other choice. There's literally no other choice. 
Uh, and I think my sign tonight is uh, we've only got one planet. You know, we usually talk about that in terms of ecological sense, but I think all these things are so interrelated. Let's talk about it in political sense. We've only got one planet um, and America leads the world in the choices that we make and the political ideology that we spread. And so if we consistently let um, conservatives win in states and potentially take um, the House at the federal level, what we're going to look at is a very scary world, maybe one that we can't come back from. So uh, we've only got one world. Um, I agree with that. I mean, it's becoming to the point of no return. Mm -hmm. So with people mm -hmm. like yourself and also our producer for tonight, uh, Mr. Nate Orshan, people like him and his uh, wonderful wife, um, I think we, it just takes one person, right? One person to affect hundreds, hundreds to affect thousands and thousands to affect millions. So we just have to really be energized. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how we're going to get energized, but we got to find some type of way. Well, I think so about really, viral, I think okay. about viral videos, right? Like, you know, some random kid puts a egg in his mouth. And before we know it, a million of us have seen it, right? It starts with one person who shares to one who shares to one. Um, we need a world in which people actually believe that they can do something. Uh, we need we need some sort of way to shift the context so that people can believe that voting for someone will matter as much as clicking on the video of the kid with the egg in his mouth. That There's not a real video, but I'd probably watch it. <laughs> you, you that's know, my thinking it, it should be so easy most people are good people they're just not voting and you know that's where we really need to find out i know mm -hmm. some reasons why they're not voting mm -hmm. um and then a lot of us that are progressive we need to really really get our message together and everybody mm -hmm. you know steps to the same beat so to speak keeps the <clears> same talking points never deviating from it. And mm -hmm. I think that's one thing that the opposition has going for them that we haven't necessarily had for ourselves. Mm -hmm. But you know what? It's never too late, right? Mm -hmm. It's never too late. So Willie, I understand you've got the first story. What's up? You know, the last name I ever want to have to say is, uh, Josh Calloway. <laughs> um, oh, but I'm gonna throw all, up. Yeah, I think I did just a little bit. Um, I, I, I like to think of myself as someone who believes in the goodness of all people, right? I really do. Uh, give me your absolute worst person. I'll give you an example. Today, uh, some random crazy person online was telling me, oh, well, being gay doesn't even exist. It's because you can't find women. And that's why all these women are leaving me. It was just crazy talk. Um, and I was able to think, well, wow, this is probably some really lonely person, probably some guy who's never had, you know, any, any girlfriend or anything like that. Um, and it's caused him to feel a lot of anger and he's trying some way to deal with that anger and he's processing it through me, but like, I'm untouchable. You're not going to touch me. Right. I, I've, I've been through that in life. Then there's Josh Calloway. I can't, I cannot find a way to reason myself <laughs> into thinking he has a soul. Um, so he's a representative who was instrumental in trying to ban, um, drag in public spaces. Uh, that's probably his claim to fame from this season. Um, but this week he released a video online in which he said that, um, LGBTQ people were a disease. 
Um, it was horrific. I watched the entire video. Um, I had to brush my teeth afterwards. It was so gross. Um, and he said lots of different things. Um, he basically suggested that LGBTQ people. So now it's not even that just there's some bad, right? Which is already gross because there's some bad people in all groups. But the LGBTQ people as a general rule are targeting children and trying to harm them. Um, that it is the purpose of our supposed mission. Um, and he uses target and he actually spreads really false lies. Um and uses the example of supposed tucking clothes. All of it's a lie. So what Target did was did make some swimwear for um, gender nonconforming people, for trans people, for even potentially drag queens. Um, and there were there was swimwear for young kids that was in the same pattern, but it didn't have the same build, right? Um, but none of that matters, right? Once Whoever gets the first story out is the story that people remember. So they can spread all of these sorts of lies, and they're dangerous lies, because people are hearing an elected official of the United States say that an entire group of people is coming after their children, right? Um, and he, we're hearing someone say that an entire group of people is a disease. Um, he says that it isn't entirely a, cho a choice to be gay, uh, entirely a choice to be trans in this video, um, which, again, reinforces this idea that not only are all LGBTQ people some sort of evil that needs to be eradicated, but that um, they're choosing to do it uh, because of some sort of evil that's in them. Um, this video was actually so bad that YouTube had to take it down because it violated its policies for hate speech. And the interesting thing is, despite the fact that there were multiple people writing about it and calling him out, he chose to double down. I'm I'm scared for the effect that this is going to have on kids. Um, I mean, imagine it was hard as for Aaron's sake, I'll say heck. It was hard as heck when I was a kid growing up and feeling like you didn't belong. You shouldn't exist. Hearing it, even though no one said it directly, um, that you were some sort of terrible monster. I can't imagine being a kid now and watching elected officials over and over again suggest that you are choosing something and that you're a disease that needs to be eradicated. And knowing that these people were elected, knowing that the people around you chose them, um, I can't imagine what effect that would have on someone's psyche. Um, but he's dangerous. He's absolutely dangerous. Well, I, you know... We just have to make sure that we protect our children. Mm -hmm. You know, we cannot look to the government anymore, mm -hmm. do too much of anything for us. There are great individuals such as our wonderful governor, Andy Bashir, that wants to help, mm -hmm. wants to have that shoulder to lean on, wants to have that hand out so you can, so he can pull you up. But they won't let them. And like my, my son says all the time, why won't they just let me be great? You know, why won't they just let our governor be great? Mm. Yeah. And other uh, elected officials that have the right heart, uh, just like uh, U.S. Congressman Morgan McGarvey, you know, wonderful individual, the real deal that cares about people. Yeah. Anyone, and, you know, like, first of all, what's, what's the big deal about LGBTQ, okay? 
the the big deal of it is is that you go to other countries and you walking down the street with your best friend and it could be two males and they could be straight and they hold hands. Mm-hmm. You know what I think, I think go ahead. Okay. What I think is the biggest threat to them and they won't admit it, but they know it deep down, right? Obviously no one chooses to be gay. That's the most ridiculous thing on planet earth. And everyone knows that even the people who say it's not true know it. You know, when I think about someone who says, I disagree with your lifestyle, right? I'll use their words. Okay, that's fine. I disagree with all kinds of lifestyles, right? Um, and if we say disagree, what they really mean is, I don't think that what you're doing is what you should be doing. Okay, well, if you're a Southern Baptist, you don't agree with Catholics, right? You don't agree with all kinds of different people. Um, you don't agree with Jewish people. You don't agree with Muslim people. But um, you don't see the Southern Baptists trying to take away the rights of the Presbyterians because they don't agree with their lifestyle, right? Um, but we know that religion is a choice. We know that anyone can choose any religion that we want. Um, so they can believe that somehow they can sway people to their side, but they know that you can't argue away gay. You can only erase it. You can only make gay people so uncomfortable that they're afraid um, because you can't, it is not a choice, Right. It's not like other things. And so they can pretend on the one hand that it's somehow a choice um, and claim that that's how they know that we're bad. But on the other hand, they know it's not a choice because that's why they treat us so differently from anyone else. They don't attack other belief systems the way they attack us, even though they claim that they're attacking the belief system. Um, sorry, I'm fired up today thinking about stupid Josh Calloway. And, and I understand that. I understand that. But you know what? these situations for most people um black folks been dealing with since the the first ship came over here right mm -hmm. and what do we do what is exactly going to happen because you know, from my side of the street, uh, we've been trying to fight <laughs> discrimination for hundreds of years. Mm -hmm. And we have LGBTQIA plus rights. Is it going to take hundreds of years? I hope not. I hope not. Um, but I would hope that the the most um, underserved, I would say, mm -hmm. could stick together. Yeah, and be together because the struggle is real, and you mm -hmm. can't say one is worse than the other. You know, none of that because it's mm -hmm. like two different things and how it came about. But mm -hmm. this is one thing I would like to ask, and we've never really talked about this. Um, my son is gay. Uh, I'm a proud mama of my son, of him being authentically who he is. Um, love my son very much. Uh, I really don't see any difference in him since he told me he was gay. I mean, like, what? <laughs> what? What was supposed to be so different? What? What? what is everybody so afraid of? Like he's still 
Denzel to me, the same son that I thought was straight. And then one day he told me he wasn't and he's still the same guy. He didn't like metamorphosis into something else. But, you know, my son told me in the actual gay community, there's a lot of racism. I said, what? This has been a few years ago. And I was like, uh-uh. He's like, yes, it is. I'm like, no, it's not. How can it be because the LGBTQ um, community is going through hell? We go through hell. So how can there be racism? And I think it all goes back to there is a caste system in America, I would say. Mm-hmm. And just like what I see, I'm, I can only observe and empathize and help as much as I can. However, I am not gay, so I would never really truly know just to the core of what that mm-hmm. feels like and fighting for that. But I do feel somewhat, should I say, because it's always a damn fight on this mm-hmm. side of the tracks, okay? Always a damn fight. I feel like with the color purple, I've been fighting <laughs> all my life. You God, know I love saying? that book. You know, I, know. I think of two things when you say? talk, and, and they're both tied together. One is um, I was I was in a training this summer uh, with a, and a good friend was running it um, and he's um, he's Native American. And he we were they were talking about how, you know, we just need to, to hold the waters back long enough for our, our students basically to take over the work. And I was getting mad uh, and I was like, this is defeatist talk, guys. We've got to win. We've got to win. And I was angry about it. And it was weird because I was talking to a few people and they were all from minoritized groups in various ways. And we were all sort of approaching this question so very differently. And we didn't really resolve it other than we all respected the heck out of each other. So cut to a few months later, I was in a podcast uh, with a Jewish um, rabbi who is conservative. And we were he was sort of against having sex ed in school. And at some point he was like, why, Willie, why do you think that you should have this? And I said, because I'm an American and I have equal rights to everyone else. And why shouldn't I have it? And like the air was sucked out of the room. And he goes, you believe it. You believe that you're going to get these rights. You you believe it. And then he says, you were raised by straight white parents. You were given this idea that you deserve these things. Um, And Anyway, it, it opened up my eyes to how we all fight this thing so differently based upon where we come from, because some of us are sort of demanding the world. And some other people are like, how do you dare demand the world? Do you not know how long we've been doing this? And then um, anyway, none of us is right and all of us are right. Um, but well, that's the one thing that I'm thinking of when we talk about just how we are all in this together and that we can't understand each other. Um, perfectly. And that's probably good because it means we can learn from each other. Um, and whatever the second thing was, it's gone. <laughs> it's it will gone. come back to you. It will it, come it, back to you. It was going to be that, gorgeous. That was so poignant, you know, what you said, because it makes a lot of sense. But I'm just going to live by this old rule with this old woman that I am now. You know, if one person 
is not treated fairly, not treated right, mm -hmm. then honestly, if you really look at your life, no one is being treated fairly. Mm -hmm. No one's really being treated nice. More yeah, money, more problems, higher the level, the bigger the devils. So it's just almost like a catch 22, but I'm not going to quit trying. Yeah. I know you're not going to quit trying because every little win gets us closer to where we really need to be. You mm -hmm. know, uh, did you ever feel like when Obama was president, like the status quo of this country, which is really a white supremacist country? Did you ever feel like they were like, okay, we gave you the black president that said y'all can go on and have, you know, get married and he's <clears throat> for you and he lit up the White House, did this. Did. Now, do we, <laughs> do, do they feel like, uh, we already gave you something. We don't need to give you anything else. Do you ever think about that, Willie? The most common response I get from a naysayer when I say I demand equal rights is you already have all your rights. Um, and it's, it's as if I, and it, it, but the funny thing was, even before gay marriage, they would say this. They would say, you have equal rights. We can't get gay married. I promise you, I saw this editorial. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, I'm just trying to expand your rights, straight man. Go get gay married now if that's what you want. Um, but yeah, it's 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 the tokenization of ideology, right? Like we're instead of actually thinking about what equality means, right? Equality is the idea that any child born in this country has an equal chance to succeed as any other child. That's what we're all shooting for, right? At the end of the day, that's what it is. Um, and the moment that they create a system that works for them and we complain and they say, OK, we'll get in here a little bit. Right. They're still not changing the system. They're not changing it at all. They're just saying, if we give you this, will you shut up? And I think my answer is no, I'm not going to shut up. I'm not going to shut up if someone else didn't get this as well. I'm not going to be some gay person who says, well, screw trans people. I got what I needed. No. As long as there's a trans person without a right, I'm not going to stop talking. Right. As long as there's African-American kids who are going to schools that don't get half of the funding of the schools that white kids get, even though this is supposedly a public education in a free country, I'm not going to shut my mouth. Right. Um, but I think that's how they see it. They say, if we give you a little piece of this pie, you'll be thankful. Right. Uh, or you'll be grateful. <laughs> and you, you, can got be grateful. you got company. That's probably the roof people. You need to go see about your roof or they tell no, you. I got, my, I got my husband on it. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. But thank you. You're welcome. But uh, I was going to say, uh, you need to take that phone with you. The roof people will be on the show. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what, uh, Willie? I just really admire you. Uh, teacher of the year, an educator, uh, a very, very brilliant man. Very, very brilliant man. And I say that because there's no need to say Willie Carver is a great, uh, brilliant gay man. That need not be this. You're this is what it is, right? Thank Just you. like uh, people say, oh, you know, she is so smart and you know so articulate and everything, and you know she's African American. 
why do people even do that? Like, who cares? Mm-hmm. Who gives a rat's patuta? Like, if mm-hmm. someone's gay or I don't care. Aren't you tired of that? Like, I don't care anymore. Do you care? You know, one, no, I don't. Um, but I was thinking about this once about how we, we were talking in a class I was in a few years ago about passing and what it means, you know, to different communities. Um, and I'm like, it, the the weird thing for me is because um, some of the kids in class who uh, were African-American were like, you know, I'll admit it. Some days I just wish I could just blink and walk into a store as a white person and walk out and not have to think about anybody else and just like live for a second. Um, and I can't understand that experience uh, exactly, but I can empathize with it um, because they were like, it's not that I want to be white. I just want to be left alone just once and not have to think about other people. Um and I was thinking about how, like, I consciously have to remind people all the time. Yeah, queer man, queer right here, gay, gay, boo, boo. And a lot of times we're like, why are you? And, and so the, the complaint will be, why are you obsessed with sexuality? And I'm like, I'm not really. You are. I have to. I'm terrified that if I don't make my presence known, you all are going to erase even more. If I don't make sure that you can see me, kids are going to be harmed. Right. So I've got to be as bold and as gay as I can be which is going to bring lots of negativity, but doing it somehow makes it a safer world because it reminds people we're not going anywhere um, and it makes it harder for them to oppose us. Um, but yeah, it's, it's exhausting. It is exhausting. I would like to just be sometimes a person. Um, I know, like I would too. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's always, it's all, and you know what I really hate? Like, I was telling a friend of mine what was going on. There was a co-worker who racially profiled a customer. And I had to end up later on in the situation, turning the temperature down, all of this, told my boss, boss did absolutely nothing. So now Mm -hmm. someone reported it months later and it's like this powder keg, like they think I'm the one that did it, but I really mm-hmm. didn't do anything. But then when I became a witness and these investigators were asking me questions, like I'm not getting ready to lie to corporate HR mm-hmm. because none of you all have done anything to make me feel like I need to even entertain the thought mm-hmm. to lie for you or whatever. So I tell the truth. And it has been, if it was hell for me before, being the only person of color in executive leadership, okay? Imagine how they treat me now. Mm. It's it's so frustrating because both the work, the reality, and the extra responsibility is put on you, right? You're the one that already has to deal with racial profiling yourself. You're the one that already has to deal with racism yourself. But who is the who is the person responsible for having to bring it up? You, because no one else will. Who is the person who then has to deal with the after effects of someone else reporting it when they refuse to do their job? You. Um, it, It reminds me of those situations where, you know, I've got basically every LGBTQ kid in my school. And I kid you not, I once had a kid um, who was Asian American who came into my classroom um, in between. He would he would get there right before class would end and then stay until the bell would ring because he was being bullied. And 
We turned the bullies in. No one cared. Their response to him being bullied was to make him leave the class and switch into another class, not the bullies. Um, anyway, he literally joked and said, well, uh, I guess I'll just come here because you're the closest thing I get to an Asian. And I go, what does that even mean? And he goes, well, you're gay. And I go, how is a gay an Asian? And he said, because you at least understand what it's like not to fit in here. Um, so I've got all the, you know, and I don't say work and like that I didn't want to help kids, but you know, I'm the one dealing with all of the emotions of all of these kids. And then when there's an initiative, when someone's like, we need to talk about LGBTQ blah, hey, Willie, come do this work. And I'm like, why am I doing it? Why aren't you doing it? There's a great friend of mine who I can't even tell you where she works, but uh, she's trans and she's um, in a leadership position. And this is her stock response. She says whenever something happens and they come to her and say, hey, what do you want to do about this? Her response is, what are you going to do about it? Uh, she refuses to take on the responsibility, which I love. Well, I, you know. And plus. Them like to pit black people against black people mm -hmm. because of the Willie Lynch speech and psychological terror <laughs> that was placed upon. And he even said, you know, these psychological terroristic tactics would last for 300 to 400 years. And it was 300 years in 2012. You know, but let me let me kind of turn the corner just a little bit. Do you feel like being gay is more acceptable uh, to some than being trans or non-binary? Do you ever feel like it's more accepted? Because I do. It seems like. It is a little bit, but I haven't really talked to my son. I haven't talked to you until tonight, but it's just been something I've been thinking about. Like, it's like everywhere I go, like if you see two men kissing or whatever, nobody like is like, like in shock mode or anything, but it's like nowadays they're getting shocked. Like, I don't know if that's a man or a woman, if I'm using the right pronouns, so what do you do? You just ask that person their name. Oh, my name is Sydney. Okay, nice to meet you, Sydney. Andy Bashir. Like Andy Bashir said something brilliant to me. This is why we need Andy Bashir because he's heart first. Uh, he's human beings first. Uh, that has stuck with me. So this was early on when I first became teacher of the year. He actually came to Mount Sterling to do something. I don't even hospital or something. But he saw me there and he said, Willie, so good to see you. And I'm thinking, how do you remember my name? Maybe he sees big glasses, but he said, um, I want to talk to you. And he said, what you're doing is such hard work because other people are terrifying everybody and it's making them put on this armor and you have the job of looking at them and saying, it's okay, take this armor off. And he said, that is incredibly hard work, especially when they're telling people that their children are being attacked um, because that's primordial. We're like, we're down to reptile brain at this point, right? As we should be, you know, we need to protect kids. Um, so I think what's happened is we have successfully, and I don't mean perfectly, we have definitely with the Love is Love campaign over the last 20 years, um, convinced people whether or not they agree that gay people are mostly not a threat. They're just different, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, that doesn't mean it's perfect. It's still not perfect, but it's much better than it used to be. 
and trans people are relatively unknown um, to, you know, and, and that I think a lot of people don't even know the difference between a trans person and a drag queen. And if you're watching and you don't, drag is an art. A trans person can do drag and a non-trans person can do drag. Drag is just a way that we express gender in a creative way. A lot of times we see gay men doing that because gay men weren't allowed to be feminine when they were kids. And so they choose to, to play with femininity in ways that make them feel strong and make them feel safe when they weren't allowed to when they were kids. Um, that is nothing. And to they do, do the best makeup. Yes. OMG. <laughs> they taught me how to do makeup. Uh, drag queens from Chicago when I was 11 years old. If a drag queen teaches you how to do makeup, oh, you're going to be a beast when it comes to makeup. Okay. But then I've also known some straight men that do drag as well. Mm -hmm. In fact, one of the one of the queens on RuPaul's Drag Race was actually a straight cis man who did drag. Um, I mean, m mostly it's an art form. We could talk about why anybody chooses any kind of art, but lots of people could have lots of different reasons. I think a lot of times it's trauma processing. Um, my favorite part of seeing people that do drag is a lot of times people, they create this persona, you know, like I'm whoever, whoever, you know, I'm really fun and vivacious and flirtatious and courageous. And then they learn, oh, wait, all of life is this. All of life is a persona that we're creating. The real me has nothing to do with the stuff on the outside. Um, so I love seeing people learn from drag to be stronger and more fierce. Um, I tried my best in my curriculum to even bring stuff out. of. We would do a runway show. And it sounds so stupid because we would have like cast off clothes from the Goodwill, just ridiculous things. But I would tell the students like, walk down this runway like you're the most beautiful, blah, blah, blah. And they would get nervous, but eventually they would do it. But when you would see them like just for a moment, not care what anybody thought, just for a moment, enjoy life again like they were a kid. It's a beautiful thing to see. Um, I guess I was grooming them to, I guess I was grooming them to, to love themselves. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, how can you love, really love anyone else if you're not truly loving yourself? And so um, I I do believe two things. And then we're going to move on to like this really exciting part of the show that I just really want to know about. But uh, shout out to Frankfurt's Jennifer Grant and also uh, Nate, our producer tonight. He's been uh pretty busy on the with his fingers on the keys of the computer and then um he says that he did not realize that having myself and Willie together in a virtual room together was the medicine that he needed but he did uh thank you so much Nate dog you know we love you man we love he, you okay is he not pure goodness you know, I don't even know. Uh, Pure goodness is sometimes mean. But. No, he's not. He's never. He's never been mean to me. He's like my brother, and you know, you can't say nothing about him because you know I'm gonna have to go to Mount Sterling and look you up. You know, no. here's what I will say: every interaction <laughs> I have ever had with Nate, he has tried to build me up. Sorry. He's Every always year. like that. He He's like one of the most compassionate individuals. Like I was just playing with you at first, but like pure of heart. Mm -hmm. And he never wants to offend anyone. Um, he's so understanding. He asks questions. 
I just love Nate Dog. Mm-hmm. You know, I call him Nate Dog for you know. I'm sorry, I'm curious. It's been a rough day, so it's just thinking about good people gets me through the day. When I can't, you when know, I feel like we better. It's better. Oh, he says it's easy when he gets to be with superstars like us. Oh my God, you better stop, Nate, before Aaron gets jealous. He gonna come back. He gonna fire me and Willie because he gonna be jealous. <laughs> but look, 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 look. I heard a rumor. I heard a rumor about you. It's probably true, but listen, I was like 19. No, 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 no. Uh, first of all, your name is Willie Edward Taylor Carver Jr. Mm-hmm. Like, are you a part of the royal family or what? You got like nine, <laughs> ten names. Willie I can break- Edward Taylor Carver Jr. First of I all, can- before we even get into this exciting part, and, and we're going to keep it brief, though. How did you get so many names? Okay, so I grew up thinking my name was Willie, which is my dad's name. Edward, which is my dad's name. Carver Jr. Um, well, he's not a junior, Willie Edward Carver. And then when I was like 19, uh, I got my birth certificate for the first time, and it said Willie Ed. And I said, Mom, is my middle name Ed or Edward? And she goes, you know, I can't remember. I'm like, Mom, this is important. What is my middle name? It was Ed. She named me Ed. Um, so I changed it to Edward because I wanted it and because that was my dad's name. Um, and then Taylor is a name my husband chose. Um, he, had a, he had a difficult backstory. Um, and so he just decided he would take this name after one of his French professors uh, who, when he came out, was there for him and was the, the most solid part of his life. So he wanted to honor her. She never had children um, by taking her name. So his name is Josh Taylor. And I honored both of them by making it my second middle name. Um, and then they were they were like, so you won't be a junior. And I'm like, am I not allowed to keep it? And the guy in the Social Security office was like, you know, I don't think there's a rule against it. You're allowed to name yourself whatever. And I'm like, well, fine, I'm keeping junior and I'm adding Taylor and there. So, you know, I fought for all those names. I'm going to keep them. Well, I think in the future, your name is going to be Willie Edward Taylor Carver Kimberly no, <laughs> Willie Edward Taylor Kimberly Carver Jr. Hey, I like sounds it. good to me. I it like it really too. Good. Let's get to the courthouse real quick. <laughs> <laughs> so, Willie Edward Taylor Carver Jr., you wrote a book. I wrote a book. Yes. That one right there that's on the screen. Oh my God, it's called Gay Poems for Red States. Man, are we in a red state. We got to do enough work that my book isn't in Kentucky. (laughs) So, I mean, like, are you going to come down here to Louisville and, you know, into yourself into the poetry grand slams? What are you going to do? I I will be at Carmichael's at some point in Louisville uh, with with a reading. It's you so better funny. call me. You better call me and let me. You come to my city and I don't know about it. This is, this is my first time to do this. You can go to willycarver.com and click on events and see uh, where I'll be in June and July and any other time, especially June. Thank you. Um, but uh, yeah, I will be, I'll be doing readings mostly in blue counties in a red state, but uh, I will be doing, my goal is to get in as many red counties as I can in many states as I can. So 
my unofficial goal for the next year is I want to get into every red state in the Southeast uh, to do a reading. So we'll see what happens. I think it's going to happen really good for you. Now, uh, you know, Willie, you do so much. Like, I don't even know how you had time to do this. Or was this something you were writing uh, like in a notebook and you're like, Hey, this could maybe help some people. So why did you write this, uh, book, this, you know, book of poems? The funny thing is I did not sit down to write a book of poems. I sat down to write an angry letter. Um, I was, it was during everything that happened. And if you are watching and you haven't seen this before or don't know the story, I left teaching, um, because people in my community were attacking first me, and then my former students, um, they were actually sharing images of my students online at their jobs. It was a really dangerous situation. And the school administrators simply refused to do anything. Um, they protected instead the group that was attacking students instead of protecting the students. Um, so I sat down to write an angry letter. Um, and instead, I wrote a poem. Um, and I didn't. It was from the perspective of me when I was about five or four years old. Um, it's a very clear memory I have of working at McDonald's. I'm sorry, of being at McDonald's with my mom when I was a really small kid and wanting a Minnie Mouse toy. And the cashier shamed my mom um, and said, you're going to ruin him. And I remember my mom's face. I remember feeling guilty. Um, and it was it's my earliest memory of realizing that what I'm attracted to, you know, in this case, just toys, but what I'm attracted to makes other people upset and that I bring pain to other people. Um, and before I knew it, I wrote it and I, there was this kid in me. I think school was always a safe place. You know, that's why I became a teacher. I wanted to make safer, bigger places for other people to be safe. Um, whenever, when, you know, there were times when I was a kid when we were homeless, there were times when we didn't have running water. School had water. School was warm. Um, and I think being in a situation where I, I saw these kids being so vulnerable and I felt myself being so vulnerable um, made me made that kid in me want to speak. And before I knew it, he spoke a lot. He had so much to say to the world. Um, so it was day after day after day. I would sit down and write one to two of these. They're sort of story poems. Uh, I would write one or two a day. Um, whatever he wanted to write, I would let him write. And it, it, was, it felt like I was possessed by a kid um, who, who was not allowed to speak and who finally got a chance. So I let him talk and do whatever he wanted. What do you hope that your readers, and I'm sorry, uh, I hope I wasn't on this little screen the whole time because I had my teleprompter in front of it and I was smoking a hemp cigarette. <laughs> and I didn't, I mean, like, you can know I do it, but I didn't want everybody to know that I was smoking a hemp cigarette, even though they are very, very legal everywhere. I think so, if you were there, you were small. Okay. Okay. Great. So, um, I want to know two things. Okay. Two mm -hmm. things. One, where can folks get your book like right now? And number mm -hmm. two, will you just read us one of the, the shorter poems in your book? Yeah. Um, so you can get it at, uh, you can get on Amazon. That's the easiest place for most people. Uh, you can buy directly from the press at UK Press. Um, just by, if you Google gay poems for red states, uh, you'll pretty much find it anywhere. Goodreads. If you want to buy it in a local place, 
Carmichael's has it. Joseph Beth has it. Um, Fuzzy Duck has it. What will be great is calling your local bookstore and just saying, hey, do you want to uh, get this book uh, and get some in? Um, and do you want to bring Willie Carver to come talk? Because I'll gladly, I'll go anywhere um, for the kids, especially. <laughs> um, so yeah, you can you can you can get it anywhere, and uh, it comes out officially June the sixth. But they're already shipping them, so a lot of people have got them. Um, Short I want book. an autographed copy. Yeah, I, I will be in Lexington uh, July thirteenth as well. So if you're around that time. It's crazy. Um, now, I do know that Monday, June the 12th, you're going to be at Joseph Beth's in Lexington at 7 p.m. So uh, that's all that's on my teleprompter. But thank goodness for Mr. Nate Orshan, because he sure did Jesus. put up there, you know, some other ones like uh, June the 1st is going to be the Books and Bourbon podcast interview. So make sure you guys are looking at that. On June the 3rd, uh, Richmond Pride book signing and speaking in Irvine Park, Richmond. Uh, then uh, June the 3rd, that's the same thing. And then, oh my goodness, Willie Live on June the 3rd. Uh, you're going to be doing a book signing at Mount Sterling Pride at the Du Bois Center, uh, 3 to 4 p.m. So uh, it just seems like you got a lot going on. And so I say kudos to you but you will be in louisville kentucky on the sure bird at carmichael's from seven to nine so you know i'm gonna be in the place and i need my stuff signed okay i'm just letting Absolutely. you know i'll sign it stamp it um how about bless thank it. you bless, bless it. it with some holy <laughs> water um yeah uh any particular, I can give you some titles or I can just pick a random one. Um, pick a random one. We got about two minutes. Okay. I know which one then. Pick a short okay. one. I'm really bad at the page number still. Um, 49. This one's called Waiting for God. Uh, so a lot of y'all might know the experience of growing up in uh, probably pretty much any rural uh, place and uh know how serious baptisms are uh, for kids if uh, you come from a church like that. Waiting for God. I was excited and nervous to be baptized because I thought it would make me brand new, like a toy still tied up and glued to its packaging and also keep me from going to hell. In the three days until my baptism, I still had fifth grade homework. And on a Thursday evening, salted thick with dogwood and cool spring air, my mom joined me. We stretched out on the tired hood of her car under the Gregorian hum of crackling housing project parking lot streetlight so that I could color in the phases of the moon with a pencil. She brought a blanket and even let me sip some strong black coffee. Do you think God will wait until Sunday for the end of the world? What if he came tonight and I went to hell? She brought the cover around my shoulders and her frayed and overworked arms anointed the bargain bin blanket with the power to embrace me. She gestured upwards. The same God that put them stars in the sky didn't do it so he could send you to hell. He holds them for a reason and he'll wait on you. The sky became an aquarium of sparks and love and every fish had a name. 
Those three days stretched into three decades. Despite the baptism, preachers and lawmakers and winners and losers and lovers and haters and neighbors with tongues and arms hot like red irons would over and over again hold my head underwater, hoping that the metal hiss of steam would mock me as I drowned. But with each plunge under, the darkness of the water would part, and fish made of stardust would lay hands on me and dance in the spirit. Oh, Willie. That was beautiful. That was absolutely beautiful. Nate is over here saying in the comments, he's like, okay, now I'm crying. Don't cry. I'm trying to keep it together. I'm trying to keep it together. You are so talented. You know, while you were reading that, I was thinking to myself, like, you know, Willie needs to do an audible. You hear that, UKP? <laughs> uh, I, I am all about wanting to read this and record it. I like your voice, too, with Thank you. with uh, your little accent and everything, you know, <laughs> and then the way you read it. I think that would be that would be great for you because I would love the Audible, too. Thank you. I would have the book and download the Audible because I have like this monthly subscription that is cost way too much money because <laughs> I never get around to all the books that I'm Ill. I probably have about 30 credits now. I don't know. But really? Willie, you are phenomenally amazing. Thank you. Uh, a man of so many talents and I'm glad to call you my brother. And uh, I will definitely be at Carmichael's and I would definitely be dragging everybody I know to Carmichael. So you guys out there, you have got to go to WillieCarver.com and then also go buy his book, Gay Poems for Red States. You can get it on Amazon, uh, some of your local bookstores. Go on WillieCarver.com to know where you can get the book and also where he's going to be. Uh, this has been wonderful. Oh, my goodness. I don't even know how it we're going to finish the show. That you know, so it is. Uh, it's, it, it hit number one in new releases and poetry about places, and this is very much a love poem to Appalachia, so that made me uh, overjoyed. And what I didn't expect, I didn't even think it was a category, um, is that it, it hit number one in um, new releases about LGBTQ parenting. Um, and the wow. thought the thought that someone with a gay kid or a queer kid um, or even a teacher might be reading this book to help understand some of the experiences that a kid's going through um, brings me so much joy. And that's what it's all about us helping other people, because you know, when it's time for you to be helped, you never have to look over your shoulder because a blessing is always going to come. That's what I was taught. Mm -hmm. So we thank you so much, Willie Carver, tonight. Go get his book, Mr. Willie Edward Taylor Carver, Kimberly Jr., <laughs> Gay Poems for Red States. You know, you all need to get that support, support, support. So the call to action tonight is the re-election is underway. Yes, Progress Kentucky is going all in to beat the liar, the trifling mofo, Daniel Cameron, and give Kentucky four more years of common sense and compassionate leadership from Andy Bashir. And let us not get it twisted. Governor Andy Bashir, he knows how to be firm too. Let's let's not even get that twisted. He is not weak. 
there's nothing about that man that is weak. I'm here to tell you that personally. So we want you to help us decide what that looks like. Help us to determine what messages that we want to focus on and what voter registration, persuasion, and turnout efforts to tackle. If we want Andy to win, it's going to take a significant commitment of time, smart tactics, and well-targeted organizing. Progress Kentucky wants to reelect Andy and support our friends, of course, Colonel Pam Stevenson, Sierra Inlow, and Kim Reader. But we also want to build long-term power to turn Kentucky purple, then blue. Uh, I've worked on political campaigns in the past. Uh, Hillary uh, Clinton's campaign in 2016, uh, the governor's campaign in 2019. And the thing about those races, they end. Six months of hard work, and then where does it go? We need to both reelect Governor Bashir and beat the lying, trifling mofo. Daniel Cameron, yes, and built long-term power in Kentucky. That's what we need, not just this wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, but we need real power in this state. And if we don't get it, Kentucky will never, ever, ever, ever be blue. And I do not want that to happen. So when you jump in with Progress Kentucky, we're going to be in this for the long haul. We'll be back in a year, then two years, so on and so forth. So if you want to have input on messaging that we're sharing, the tactics that we're using, and the commitment to building power for the long term, help us out. We'll be having a campaign kickoff meeting in the next few months. You can fill out the survey, and we'll let you know about that meeting and other ways of getting involved. The link is on the screen right now and will also be in the comments. So what more can I say? Uh, I know a lot of Republicans right now that want uh, Andy Bashir as their governor. You know why really? I do? Can everyone hear me? Am I in the show? Yeah, I, I can. <laughs> okay. I just get to see you. I there we go. You know why I want him? It's those commercials. So, you know, usually it's like someone's eating babies and it's like four months of it. And by the end of it, you just want to jump out of a window. Andy Bashir's commercials are so nice. And it's just him talking about how much he loves people. I'm like, I could watch this all year long. That's why I love this man, because um, he refuses to sink to their level. Well, you know, I just have like a handful of tickets left for Friday night here in Louisville, Kentucky at the Silbach Hilton Hotel. And it is going to be off the charts. And let me tell you, coming in that night for the Wendell Ford dinner, a lot of people don't remember Wendell Ford. Wendell Ford was a lieutenant governor. He was appointed to that. Uh, he also was a governor. And he was uh, one of our great uh, senators from Kentucky. He was new, new Mitch McConnell, honey. No, 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 no. He helped with voting rights. He helped with equal and fair housing. And I could just go on and on and on and on for, for days about how wonderful uh, Wendell Ford was. So this dinner has been going on for 31 years in his honor, the Wendell Ford dinner. So it's going to be Friday. And if you want to be, you know, schmoozing and hobnobbing with the who's who of the Democratic Party, 
you need to be there. I've got just about a handful of tickets left um, and they're only, you know, a nominal fee. You can go to Louisville Dems, Louisville, D-E-M-S dot com to see how you can get your tickets. And then also I would like to add that our great governor, Andy Bashir, will be in attendance. Um, everyone from the KDP will be in attendance. Uh, our Lieutenant Governor Jacqueline Coleman will be in attendance. U.S. Congressman Morgan McGarvey will be in attendance. Uh, our new mayor here, Mayor uh, Craig Greenberg, will be in attendance. And also John Yarmouth, our former congressman, and also our former mayor, uh, Greg Fisher. And then how about this? Miss Christy Brown, in case you don't know, she's the heiress of the billions and billions and billions of dollars of Brown Foreman. So if you like your Woodford Reserve, know where it's coming from at Brown Foreman corporate office right here in Louisville, Kentucky. So I guess we're going to close out, Mr. Willie. Go ahead. All right. And my last plug is if you're wanting a gift for your hobnob schmoozing over in Louisville, um, you can get yourself to bloom-candles.com. Um, it is a local queer run candle company uh, run by a guy named Alex Halsey, who read my book and was inspired to create a candle that smells like my book. <laughs> a candle of the same name. Um, but what impresses me the most is his commitment to Kentucky. Uh, every candle purchased plants a tree in Appalachia. And he has a pride candle going right now. Any purchase of a pride candle gives $10 to the Kentucky Youth Law Project so that money will be spent to protect vulnerable LGBTQ youth in Kentucky. So again, all you got to do is buy a candle. You'll smell good and you'll protect LGBTQ youth. What's wrong with any of that? Um, now for our close. Uh, also, Kimberly, I love following you because I can never keep up because you ad lib so much and I love it. Uh, uh, Progress, Progress Kentucky is a nonprofit organization registered with the Kentucky Secretary of State and organized as a 501c4. We are affiliated with the Indivisible Project, the Commonwealth Alliance Voter Engagement, and are proud members of the Forward Kentucky Network. Progress Kentucky's goal is to educate, organize, increase voter turnout, and advance a progressive agenda through civic engagement. Make sure to join us next week, May 31st, when we will be joined by another great guest, plus we'll continue to invite candidates. Production of episode 115 this evening was by Nate Orshan. Thanks, Nate. And thank you, Nate, for the theme songs. You can find more information and stellar music at natosongs.com, natosongs.com. If you miss our weekly live stream on Facebook, don't worry. You can rewatch shows and see our source links on Facebook. Or audio podcasts are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Logo and some graphic content provided by Couchfire Media. More information can be found at couchfiremedia.com.